Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Paradigm. We're back in person, all three here. John's still online. Back in black, baby. It's been a while, but here we are. We hope you're healthy. We hope you're living great, better than you were yesterday and the day before that. So before we jump into today's episode, we're going to be talking about Part 6 from Endurance, authored by Alfred Lansing. Again, we highly recommend you pick up this book. It's a great story. Just kind of read on your pastime when you, you know, lights are coming down, time to rest, get ready to go to the, for the next day. Pick up the book, man. It's, it's got a lot of really interesting points in it. You can learn a lot. Um, so make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment down below, and follow us on all our social media platforms. All the information will be down in the description below. Red is a little used to the man who has betrayed his soul. Maybe you're the protagonist in your story, but like there's a start with a little bit of a summary of part six. So chapter one starts with some interesting insight of Ernest Shackleton. For the first time in the entire journey, he began to show worry and doubt. As a six-man crew left Elephant Island, sunset came. Shackleton and Worsley remained up while the rest of the crew were allowed to sleep through the night. During that time, Shackleton confided in Worsley that the decision to separate the crew was a desperately difficult one. As for the journey they were on, he seemed doubtful and was far from convinced they'd make it. Shackleton was outside of his element, in the ocean where boldness and determination amount to almost nothing. The entire night, Worsley and Shackleton talked and kept a close eye out for ice. When finally the morning came and watches were in place, four hours on, four hours off. Shackleton would man a shift with Crean and McNeish and Worsley with Vincent and McCarthy. Life on the Caird was far from pleasant. Water was always on the boat and frequently needed to be bailed out. Life for both on watch and off duty was a constant uh, battle for the six-man crew. When off-duty men attempted to sleep, but were required to sleep atop of rocks that were brought aboard to help the cared um, its balance. This proved to make sleeping extremely difficult, not to mention violent heaving of the boat on the open sea. On April 26th, Worsley calculated their position. They were in Drake's Passage, the most dreaded bit of ocean on the globe. The winds there can reach up to 200 miles per hour, and scientists have placed the wave height there to reach 90 feet high. Every minute and a half, the carrot sails would go slack, go slack as um, the giant waves loomed over them some 50 feet above. After enduring six days on land, Worsley took a measurement, off land, excuse me, Worsley took a measurement and pinned down their location. They had covered 238 miles from Elephant Island, and they were almost one-third of the way to South Georgia. The night of April 26 would prove to be the worst they would suffer since leaving the island. The winds became stronger and were coming out of the south-southwest, bringing, them, bringing with them polar storms. The boat rocked violently with every wave, and the crew knew the pack ice wasn't far behind them. They tried to make progress as long as they could until Shackleton saw the writing on the wall and made the call to drop anchor and the sails and try to shelter for the night. Throughout the night, ice proved to be a foe. Water froze to the sails, the oars, the rope holding the anchor, and the canvas they rolled over the top of the deck. With every ounce of ice, the carrot became heavier and sat deeper in the water. And by the morning, the ice had to be removed. This continued through May 2nd. To add to the misery of the crew, their weather was continually overcast, making it impossible to locate themselves. Now pro providing the anxiety of not knowing where they were or verify if they were still headed in the correct direction. The evening of May 2nd proved to be quite notable as a large wave hit the carrot and she didn't swing back to position. And at that moment, the crew knew that sea anchor was gone. 
The crew sprung into immediate action and had to free the jib from the ice. To gain some sense of direction, the sails were opened, and for the first time in 44 hours, the carrot was underway again toward the northeast, and the journey resumed. On May 3rd, the weather gradually grew less violent. The wind became moderate, coming from the southwest. The clouds thinned out and were followed by blue skies. Without hesitation, Worsley pinned their location and determined they had put 403 miles between them and Elephant Island. They were more than a halfway to they were more than halfway to South Georgia. And with that outlook on the carrot completely changed. The men became relaxed and even faintly jovial. This weather, this great weather, excuse me, lasted for a whole two days. Then the overcast and extreme waves and wind returned with a vengeance. A massive wave hit the carrot, almost taking Shackleton with it. And the entire crew had to furiously bail out water in order to keep the carrot afloat. Everything in the boat was soaked, but it was a miracle they were even still afloat. The crew pressed on, and at 12 days post-departure from Elephant Island, Worley, Worsley excuse me, located them 91 miles from South Georgia. And Worsley urged the crew and Shackleton to keep in mind the error of the readings, mentioning a 10-mile error margin. With the readings bringing them so close to the island, the crew began to search for land or signs of it on every watch, but no signs were seen. There was a... There was a thought that nobody dared utter, but perhaps they had missed the land altogether and were stuck in the open ocean. Everyone became anxious and eager at the same time. If they were close, they were extremely close, and that thought alone kept the man sane. The days progressed until Worsley estimated lo their location to be no farther than 12 miles from South Georgia. Watch ships, shifts became even more eager, and at noon, the fog was patchy and the sea stretched in every direction. Then a tired voice from McCarthy rang out, land. There was a black cliff with patches of snow no farther than 10 miles away. Once everyone had caught a glimpse, the clouds rolled over it like sh uh, show curtains. And with that, hope was reborn. Caird make an, made an approach, the Caird, excuse me, made an approach to South Georgian Island and came within tw two miles of the shore. Worsley and Shackleton noticed the waves became more violent, beating into the reef and had to make a decision. It was a little past 3 p.m. when Shackleton made the decision to heave to and retreat in hopes of a better landing course the next day. That night, May 8th, was the worst the crew of the Carrot had endured yet. Violent waves, rain, sleet, hail, and winds reaching 65 knots. They made it through that night miraculously, and the morning of May 9th had arrived. The men battled nature the entire day. It seemed to keep them away from the island even to nightfall. So they fought through that entire night and into the next day, and on May 10th, 1916, at 5 p.m., the Caird made its way through a small cove and made it to land. They were on the same island from which the entire crew of the Endurance had sailed from 522 days before they had finally made it. Yes, sir. Jeez. So an intense journey happened, and it was like such, you know, an action-packed part. But I want to know what your guys' key takeaways were. Go ahead, Dev. I'll go. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm just going to read, read a short passage because I think um, what I took away from this part was more of just the, um, the, the hopelessness in the beginning. And then once they figured out the coordinations and the coordinates um, with Worsley's impeccable like ability to like do that with all the things going on, mm -hmm. I think kind of just gives you a perspective of these men were very skilled. They weren't just some some average men that wanted to do an adventure or an expedition. So um, it says here, here was a uh, patched and battered 22-foot um, 
incongruous uh, imaginable. Here was, oh no, I saw, okay, I lost my part. Here was a patched and battered 20 foot uh, boat daring to sail alone across the world's most temp tempestuous sea, her ringing festooned with a thoroughbred collection of clothing and half rotten sleeping bags. Her crow, her crew consisted of six men whose six men whose faces were black with caked shot and half suit. What is it? Soot. Soot. What is that like? Snot? Um, when you're in a chimney, nah. the black smoke that comes out of the logs, that's soot. Okay, soot. And half hidden by matted beards whose bodies were dead white from constant soaking in salt water. In addition, their faces and particularly their fingers were marked with ugly round patches of missing skin where frostbitten had eaten into their f flesh. Their legs from the knees down were chafed and raw from the countless punishing trips crawling across the rocks in the bottom and all of them were afflicted with salt water boils on their wrists ankles and buttocks but had someone unexpectedly come upon this bizarre scene undoubtedly the most striking thing would have been the attitude of the men relaxed even faintly jovial jovial almost as if they were on a outing of some sort mm -hmm. so um I always forget the author. Alfred Lansing does it like, he does an amazing job giving the detail of every situation they were in. What? Because we have three different camps traveled over close to what, a thousand miles on foot, another 200, 400 on, was it close to 600,000? No, no, they didn't travel that much, that much on foot? on foot. No, because like they could, they'd go like a quarter mile, you know, like half on a day. The on the flows even. and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it just feels really long compared to the book and what actually probably took place in over mm -hmm. a year. And I think just the impeccable like decision making, their attitudes with the leadership of Shackleton, Worsley taking command sometimes. Um, I, it goes to show that like attitude is a big part of being through like treacherous warfare, I guess you could say. And, and this this whole story is kind of like I don't I would never want to put myself in this kind of situation ever. But to see men that have gone through this in a, such a period where 1915, 1916, and they're out there for a year where no one could get to them, it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I think just the the attitude and the the, the morals that they had to, to kind of get to that land, get to and that their whole team hasn't their yeah. whole crew hasn't made it yet. Yeah. Right. So they still have another journey to to tackle. So yeah, man. What'd you guys get from that part? I, I think that was the main takeaway. I think that you mentioned it too, that that was yours, like that instance where they, they were all beat up and they looked like they were just kind of like content with their situation and they knew that they were going to make it out, um, at least up until that point. And I, I pulled from that same page actually, like right before that they, they'd figured out or Worsley hadn't said that they were more than halfway to South Georgia where they were going to and attitudes started shifting at that point when they were halfway done um, and, or just a little bit more than halfway. I thought that was interesting. I, it started making me think about, you know, um, can't hurt me uh, where, you know, David Goggins was going through hell week. It, it just kept reminding me of it. And where at some point, you know, that you're going to make it out, then you, you kind of approach and see the situation from a different angle and you're going to suffer. They really did not think they were going to make it out. Like, right. I think like the overtone behind their head was like, we probably won't make, like they're making an impossible journey through the literally the most dangerous part of any ocean. It's right. the, it's the Drake. God damn. <laughs> he was making noise this whole time. Hey, 
um they're going through the drake passage like they lose right. like there's like there's like fucking folklore about it they're like mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and yeah, then they're yeah. like they're doing it on like a slightly bigger rowboat mm -hmm. you know? okay yeah i guess to, to re rephrase that probably just the that instance when the at, at least they probably didn't know for sure that, that their attitude was still pushing them through and i, I think i really like that part yeah i think I it think was in that go ahead john i was like i just thinking that like at that point they're just trying to enjoy anything they can enjoy yeah, because right. everything's miserable like they talk about like when they're have the pump into water on their own watch and like they count seconds seconds come to minutes minutes come to hours finally four hours up it's your turn to go be in hell and i want to go crawl in lesser hell which is under the boat right. you know so like yeah. anything that's like not hell they're like wow i get to enjoy like these seconds these minutes these hours <laughs> yeah. because like back there was the worst thing ever you know or the hell. fraction of milk that shackleton had ordered that that mm -hmm. was like think about all yeah. day and then there you get that little little bit of whatever that was and they're like milk oh fuck that's this yeah, probably the feels water amazing situation too. yeah the water situation oh my god crazy yeah my takeaway kind of zooming out from the like maybe okay they're in the middle of the antarctic ocean um dealing with life you know life's problems that that life gives you mm -hmm. um just kind of zooming out it's like you know life may be a violent storm you know for a lot of your guys' days, some people feel like it's a lot of time that their life seems to be in a violent storm. But there will be sunshine, and it's important to embrace and enjoy that, right? Mm -hmm. They, you know, he makes it a point to mention in there at the end, it says, you know, if you had just happened to come across this boat, you might just think that these guys were just out on an outing, right? Mm -hmm. Shirtless, just enjoying the sunshine, right? It's important to take those times to just embrace and enjoy that mm -hmm. right life might be really hard but there's going to be times when you get to finally kind of relax and enjoy yourself and it's important to really you know honor those moments yeah embrace Ag it agreed yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. so um we mentioned you know we wrote down pre-notes i want to go ahead i didn't jump in i didn't yeah. get my key takeaways yeah. Oh, yeah, so i want to go ahead and just jump in real quick yeah key takeaways one if i was worsley I'd go around staying on the best damn navigator in the world because mm. he did that whole shit off a of pocket compass mm -hmm. and like a sighting that you could only use when it was sunny out. And it was, it was, it was overcast more than 50% of the time while he Dude. was doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a gangster, and man. that's crazy for that. I would say interdependence with a team, you know, would be a key principle takeaway to, to go along with this book, you know, like Shackleton wasn't the one navigating, you know, he trusted Worsley on that. Right. So you got to know, you got to know when you're not the best person for the job, you know, even being a leader, you know, being yeah. a team, you play your part out the best you can. And then you guys can all succeed, you know, yeah. not everyone mm -hmm. has to be the navigator, but if you have a good navigator, use them to their best ability mm -hmm. and you do the thing that you could do the best of your ability, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. Point made. Right. And the biggest key takeaway that I thought about was the book's called endurance. And I mean, since we've been reading, I keep thinking like these men have gone through so much like, no one else can even imagine. And this last chapter was like the last fucking bit of endurance and patience they had. They're like, if we don't make it tonight, we're going to die. We don't make it tonight, we're giving up. Like, that, was yeah. like, that was the attitude you felt when you're reading. They're like, they're like, if we don't make it today, we can't make one more. And that part where like a wave <laughs> just done. a wave smacks them, and they know like another wave of the same degree, which is they'd be done toast. Yeah, like, yeah. and yeah. just knowing that, it's like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Like they've had 16 months of just endurance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're ready to call it. I also like the way it, the, the detail in the book describes like how they were 
they're they had earned their way to land but then yeah. land was like no you still yeah. gotta like suffer more and you're probably not gonna make it <laughs> hey to everyone listening that's a key thing things look the worst right before you make a big change around, you know? <laughs> like they're like all this shit's happening and they're like they felt like the wind the ocean and land was like not today buddy like they had to endure one more day to make it happen all right yeah oh. i think that uh, like reading uh can't hurt me and then jumping into this book was an excellent transition like to see that someone um purposely puts themselves through hell and then see a crew not i guess not accidentally but not want to go through anything of this nature <laughs> yeah but they, they did. didn't sign up for that yeah exactly <laughs> so i think uh can't hurt me i think david mentioned it like i had the same thought like i was thinking of david goggins and like he purposely put himself there and they kind of accidentally stumbled upon a crazy expedition knowing but they should yeah knowing everything that they learned or you know i'm imagining that these men came out you know they obviously got fucked up but like they learned so much and they probably became super self-aware. Do you think if you would ask them, like, would you go back and do it again? Like if you knew and saw the future, oh. <laughs> what, would you, what do you think? What do you think? I Dude, don't, no, I don't no way. way. Yeah, no way. They go, we would do it again. They go, oh, no. I'm not, I'm not endurance. Yeah, I, if if anything, they would call it, they would, uh, it would be a cause and effect um, happening. I think their grandchildren or something nowadays, I think that would like, they would be, find inspiration in their their ancestors or like to i want to do it now like you know what i mean obviously it was only Something like to that level yeah i think it would take because now our technology our boats and stuff are super advanced now it's if reading a book like this that happened maybe say 2010 they would have been at least more equipped mm -hmm. with better things on board yeah you know what i mean Heaters i don't think stuff. they would have personally i don't think they would have tackled that again any expedition no. i'm like hey shackleton uh if you had it she's like no would not do it <laughs> i'm wondering too like when they get back their outlook on life how it's changed you I know what i mean it's totally. like like things have changed so significantly i come back and like the simple things yeah we got, amazing, a, glimpse, we got a glimpse into that where they talk about the food and they right. don't want to eat no more meat so i can only imagine the ptsd <laughs> yeah. of eating meat. I, I would just feel competent like, right. like any situation i can handle it like right. straight up handle it anything yeah. right. callous mind especially worsley i mean dude could come back and do any type of naval you know what i mean it's like gps i don't need that right it's crazy too. google maps sometimes i get lost like you know just driving <laughs> in the same state like, right. don't need that compass pocket compass on the site where's right. well, it like you pussy put that away right all i need is a half a compass and the sun <laughs> it's interesting too because he talked they talk about the log books in there you know they logarithms used to just be fat binders like binders <laughs> on binders on binders of just math right so you use calculus and trig to pin your location on the globe and just mm. he's oh pulling God. that out Crazy and like dog. just like the wiggle of the boat and just crashing the waves and he's like yeah log da -da 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 -da, and just does all his math while in like a dire situation to be able to think in that uh, yeah. moment Holy it's just shit. it's really commendable yeah i was i was getting anxiety at this point of the chapter like i was just like Oh my God, dude. this is <laughs> yeah. this is crazy. Yeah, my anxiety wow. jumped up when uh, where Shackleton was talking about his journal, and then he was saying like, or I don't know if it was him or the mention of it wasn't the fact that they were possibly not going to make it to land; they were possibly going to die there. But it was the fact that no one knew that we were out here, that no one knew that we right. got or, this close yeah. and we died. 
Yeah, like I dude. think that like made me like. Or they could have wow. overshot the island. Yes. Oh, oh my god, dude! I, I was telling David like I started reading so fast because like I was like this needs to end. They well, either made to the island or they need to like die. Like that's <laughs> yeah. you're, you're reading super <laughs> fast towards the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me I was, too. Like, they, me they, too. They, they need. They need to like. They need to get it. They need because like, I'm getting stressed out. Yeah, yeah, the, next, the next page is like, and they died. And they all game over. It's over. Oh, yeah, uh, so uh one one quick thing to mention um that goes hand in hand with interdependence john had mentioned interdependence and one of his key t- uh, key takeaways was the stewardship delegation that came about from shackleton to worsley um and other people on the crew right that they had a job to do he told you know worsley and shackleton had pointed out pitfalls in doing these certain things and how they need to be done correctly and be, to be able to delegate without having to like micromanage and hover over somebody to get the job done correctly, I can, I'm sure that that amount of stress, while it was on ten already, mm-hmm. it may have went from a ten point five to a ten yeah. because he knows he can depend on these people to get the job done correctly, and I can actually just try and get some sleep, mm-hmm. right? So it's important to be able to find people that are on your team that you can you know, give a stewardship delegation. You can, you can make them a steward and delegate them a task and not have to micromanage. And you can get so much more done with less effort on your end. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, it's one thing that has to be mentioned that, you know, Worsley and all the other crew to be able to do that um, is highly commendable. Yeah. I'm excited for the next chapter. I'm excited for the, like, what, what type of expert, like who do they find to, to head back to the island? Like, what do they do? What's their next move? and why is it taking so long because they spent right. like like what was it six months they talked about while they're on, on elephant uh-huh. isle yeah am i wrong on that yeah it was um, mid-august where they put that so deadline maybe it was four months it was four months because they landed um, on um south georgia may 16th 16th so there was two three months june july august two, three months and it, it took them um what was that like uh how many days did it like take a, them to get to Elfin? Like a month. They left like mid-April. They landed mid mid May. No, Ellie. Is that still, right? No, you're he's no, thinking of the no. island that they had to go around to get to South Georgia. Are you thinking of elephant like the, the the island that they that the crew is still on or the island that they had to pass? No, because because after six days they were halfway there. Or were they were a third way there after six days? They sailed from elephant island the 24th of april they okay. landed on south georgia um mid uh may 16th so a little under a month okay okay well then that kind of adds up i guess that kind of yeah. adds up it, i feel like it really feels long because the book oh, yeah. like the book talks about every detail yeah yeah seriously so it makes it feel a little bit longer than what it is dude shout out to alfred lansing for this detail though dude he's reciting a story that he had to gather from men who had only their Journals. Like diaries and journals and shit. You know what I mean? That's also crazy. really cool. Some people were still alive when he was writing the book, but also, um, I mean, he got so many people around their diaries. So like he gets so many different takes of the same thing happening, you know? Like a well-constructed yeah. view. Yeah. How lo- So at this, when we read part five, <clears throat> how long were the men still on the island that they, that from uh, Shackleton leaving? Um, who like did he how long was the stay? More than what they yeah, thought? Yeah, because didn't they say it was three months? It like was it was longer, longer than yeah. three months. Well, 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 that's what that's what we just talked about. Yeah. Because I was like, well, why is it taking so long? Because it, it ends part five being like almost four months, three months and some change. And it only took them 
almost a month to get to Georgia. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So they were so, on that island, Elephant Isle, at, at Point Wild. You can actually see it on Google Earth, which is really cool. Um, from April 23rd, the day before, mm-hmm. right, till August 15th, they were like, that's where they ended part five, where it was like, yeah. look, man, who are we kidding ourselves? Maybe anymore? we should just, yeah. 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 Right, so that that's, yeah. you know, April, May, June, July, August. That's that's four months of them oh, like, okay. God, I, that's so terrible. Yeah. Right, that's what I thought. Yeah, four months. Yeah, so. Damn. So that right there, they're they're just sitting there, kind of like, well, I mean, he'll come. What's taking so long? It's like it won't take a month to get there. So this next part, the whole reason I got brought up was like the next part. What what's happening? You know? Yeah. How'd you guys burn? And how long are they gonna take to get back to the island? Because it's only been four months that we know that they reached the island. Right. They still gotta find people to. That's crazy. That's so fucking crazy. (laughs) The pictures though in the book, it was a little. It was like that last part. I was like, oh okay. Yeah. So they find this, you know what I mean? But um. Next, next part's the last part. We're concluding endurance. Um, yeah, it's been a great book. What's been your guys' favorite part about it so far? Oof. Uh, I'll answer that when the book's finished. Okay, I like that. I like that. We yeah, can do that next week. Kind of want to see what if my favorite part might be in the next chapter. True. <laughs> true. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Anything else to mention before I take us out? I think we're good. No. Yeah. I, think I just good. think as people. I, we underestimate ourselves sometimes. Yeah. You know, when when put to the test, you really can do more than you think. I think these men really came out of this with a better respect for themselves and maybe other men alike because under the worst circumstances, they were able to pull through and pull out something miraculous, which doesn't happen often, but mm-hmm. miracles do happen, you know? Absolutely, yeah. We've said that for the past two books. Yeah. True. It's True. Got, it's got to get in there. Yeah. It's got to get in there. You're capable Fucking of a lot more than you shit. think. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. We hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Paradigm. Again, we hope you're doing better today than you were yesterday and so on. All right. So before you take off, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit that little bell. Go see us on Spotify. Like the video. Comment down below. Follow us on all our social media platforms. It'll be down in the description below. And before you take off, make sure you remember the work you put in now equals who you'll be tomorrow. Peace. Peace.